Welcome to The Franchise Life. Today, I have with me Chris Parkinson, who is in franchise development for Innovative Sport Surfacing. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. So this is the concept. We met uh, several months ago, um, actually just about a month ago. Time goes fast. But yes. Uh, and I am so intrigued by this concept. You know, I've said this on occasion, but it is truly unlike any other brand that I represent today and is a product-based and service-based solution. So Chris, what is innovative sport surfacing? Yes, so we play in the recreational or sports space, and what that ultimately means is we uh, install and maintain everything from playground systems, safety surfacing, sun shading, pickleball courts, track and field, uh, turf, artificial grass, uh, bocce ball courts, tennis courts, um, you name it, anything that, that is done recreationally, indoor, outdoor, uh, we install and maintain on a national level. And this brand is one of a kind in the franchise industry in this space. Is that correct? That is correct. So we are actually the the only franchise model of its sort uh, that is doing this on a national level. So who are the main competitors then for a new franchisee or prospect looking at this brand? Who would they be looking at as their prime competition? Yeah, so it's a it's a great question. I, I get it all the time, and I'm very excited to shout from the, the rooftops that you know I, I jokingly say I've got a million competitors out there. Um, the the reality is I really do. I've got a tremendous amount of competitors in every state, and I think that's a good thing. Number one, competition's healthy. Uh, number two, it goes to show you the value of what this industry holds. Statistics have, have shown that this industry is worth over a billion dollars uh, and growing at a two to five percent rate. Um, and so having all that competition, again, just goes to show you that there's enough meat on the bone for everybody. Number one, my competitors are generally very singular in their focus and approach. It's not an indictment on them. Um, I actually do a tremendous amount of work uh, with and for my competitors. And what I mean by that is, A, the singular approach that my competitors take could be something like, hey, all we do is playgrounds. Again, that's awesome. That That's not an indictment on them and what they do. Or, hey, all I do is sun shading. All I do is pickleball courts. All I do is safety servicing. Uh, we are one of the few companies that actually are turnkey from A to Z. So if I collectively took that exact conversation and, and pieces and parts, we do all those things. And so it's very easy for us to look at a, let's say a bid opportunity, right? A, a general contractor, a city, county, municipality, state, or federal government situation is looking for a variety of these things. And we do tend to find these things. Um, they're, they're a lot likely to want to partner with somebody who can self-perform and do that work uh, from A to Z, and we're able to do that. Okay, so 
I have a little bit of experience in dealing with uh, municipalities and counties and so forth. And you mentioned that a lot of uh, the prospects are going to be in that field, right? And you're in many cases supporting a general contractor in a job that they've been awarded. Would that be accurate? That's correct. Okay. So in a franchise that I own and we are in the first few months of getting it up and running, I am having to establish relationships with general contractors. How do how does a franchisee or how do you help coach a franchisee that has no construction background in the prospecting and building relationships in these areas? Yeah. Again, phenomenal question. Something that I think is a is a top ten question that I try and vet and explain when when talking with prospects. And and the first thing I tell people is again, it kind of goes to our story history in our past, right? So we're a twenty plus year old brand nationwide, and so selfishly, if we were to never sell another franchise, we're still selling into every one of these city, counties, municipalities, state, federal government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I mean by that is. That speaks to, A, uh, how we support you as a partner. And what I mean by that is because I can't guarantee a partner moving forward, what I can guarantee is we're going to continue to work these relationships and this pipeline that we've built, right? So every one of these bid opportunities, or they require a registration. So we've gone and done all the legwork of, again, this is all public. This is all free. This isn't like some secret situation that we're dealing with. But we've gone ahead and done all the legwork. And to kind of fast forward, as you can imagine, you expand that out, you know, over all the different states. And now on a weekly basis, I'm getting two to 500 leads sent to me throughout the entire country. Now, how does that benefit you as a moving forward partner? Well, not only are you taking over our book of business that we've established over those course of 20 plus years, but now we have a funnel that we can help you with. And so it's very likely that day one, we're able to provide you with opportunities that we can instantly bid on. And so as you're learning and morphing, what I tell people is we are that unique brand that allows, just like a mother with his child, to kind of nurture them and morph them from you know that baby needing its mother to the point where we can, you know, move them away and morph them into kind of feeding themselves. And we look at that period as really kind of an 18 to 24 month period um, of, of learning, right? Uh, so again, I tell people all the time, hey, you're going to need to get keep those training wheels on. We're here to help you, guide you, and support you while you're learning and also working in the business yourself. And that's the value of franchising, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so pickleball courts. Let's just pick on that. Uh, it is a phenomenon now across the country. Uh, you hear and see pickleball everywhere. So as an investor or a prospect that has no construction background, how are they going in and fulfilling these jobs that they win. Sure. Again, let's kind of peel back the onion on that. So again, one, you know, so we're fortunate again, not to, to, to beat a dead horse here, 
but we've got 35 self-performing crews throughout the country. And again, if we were to never sell that franchise again, we have these crews. Again, how does that help my partner? Just like leads. As we're helping you identify those leads, we are actually going to help you self-perform and get all that installation work done with our crews, not for an additional charge. It's all a part of your 6% royalty fee that you're paying. Again, as we're morphing in this relationship, I sort of joke, sort of don't joke, that if we were to mandate that you have a crew instantly or shortly thereafter, you're now in the staffing business. You're not in the recreational sports space because you're having to burn a lot of capital with labor that you cannot support because you do not have enough jobs to be able to do that. And so if and when the time comes, you're likely already going to be profitable. Then we can have the dialogue of, hey, it's now time to go and look at getting some crews built out for yourself, in which case we can help you identify them. We can help train them. We can give them in the classroom and on the job experience. Uh, and again, get them comfortable so that not only are you establishing a crew, but one of those people on that crew can now be like your project leader, project manager for you in that particular instance. It also speaks towards where this capital injection comes in later down the line, right? So a big question, elephant in the room is, Chris, you're asking me for $230,000, upwards of $550,000. I'm not really sure, nor do I understand why there's such a large gap. Part of that expenditure is a delayed injection. It's something that, yes, you're going to want to keep budget for and have, but it's not something that you're going to spend day one. So I am to understand, and I did not know this about the brand, but corporate, once a franchisee secures and wins a job, they work with corporate for you to dispatch a crew out to do the install of that job, correct? That's correct. That is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Really, that is. And so- yeah. The 18 to 24 months that you mentioned, uh, the analogy of, you know, a mom with her baby and, you know, uh, mentoring them per se, uh, is that about the sweet spot before a French, a local franchisee would start to think about their own crew? That's correct. Not only would they be thinking about their own crew at that time, uh, they're going to be thinking about potentially moving this concept and business out of their home. Again, that capital injection in that range is not something that we're going to require that you have an outside office day one. It's not needed. As we, again, are hand-holding and nurturing and developing this, again, just like it's child, you're not going to go ask a, a two-year-old to go get their own apartment. They're going to live with their parents. They're going to stay nurtured. They're going to be pampered. And yes, I don't joke when I tell people that you know, yes, you're making a you're making an investment into your future, your dreams, your goals, and so on. And you're putting your hard-earned money on the line. But let's also realize that we're working twice as hard for you day two, because we're here to support you in that investment. Because again, I tell people all the time, we're selfishly in your back pocket for 6%. It's only in my best interest to get you to the highest gross dollars as fast as possible uh, because of that. Again, that's franchising. That's 
There's, that's not somebody trying to be arrogant or somebody trying to have salesmanship with you. It's the reality of not only that, but we're very proud and very much willing to shout from the rooftops about how this process works and how we support you and how delayed a lot of your capital is going to be injected into this process. We're proud to say, I don't find it to be a coincidence that my very first partner, aka franchisee, bought the entire state of Texas. And oh, by the way, in less than six months is already doing over a million dollars in revenue. That million dollar revenue mark is something I tell people they should be doing year one. This is a benchmark that he himself is hitting in less than six months. I don't find it to be a coincidence that my next partner that was sold took the entire state of Ohio, started about the same time, less than six months, already pretty much at the $800,000 mark. Um, again, the story continues. Partner number three bought all of New Jersey, just signed and at the end of last calendar year, did his training a month ago, is up and running, doing fantastic. Just signed somebody 11 days ago for a region in New York. Again, brand new, but we're already talking and developing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bid opportunities already that we're bidding on, right? So what I always tell people is just, let's not misunderstand that bids are not guaranteed work, right? but there's a plenty, plenty of business out there. I'll even use a, the most raw and real example. Prior to us getting together for this meeting, I was talking with a prospect for a territory and he was trying to wrap his head around how much business could there possibly be, right? Because people don't know what they don't know. And, and I get it. Like nobody went to bed last night thinking about the playground industry. No one went to bed thinking about you know, safety surfacing or some of these other things that we all drive by a million of in our everyday life. And what I told him is I pulled up my funnel right then and there and showed him that in a 10-day window of leads right in front of me on a Zoom call was over $10 million worth of bid opportunities. And I told him kind of what our success rate would it, would it would be if I was to never have a partner in that location. I told him what our success rate would be having a partner in that location. And his mind was blown. And what I love about it is these are facts, not opinion. I love presenting people with the rawness and realness of what all this presents. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm very candid with, with prospects and candidates day one. And I let them learn by fire hose. Chris, so with all of the support and not having to manage uh, the labor crews, what does a day in the life look like for a franchise owner? Yeah. So again, I, that that story changes every day, page by page, like a book. You know, day one, you're you're still learning. You're inquisitive. You're, you're still asking a lot of questions. So what I encourage people to do in their first month is keep a notepad nearby. Continue to jot down all these things that are going to just randomly pop in your head. Because trust me, once your mouth is, is got the taste in its mouth for this industry, the next time you get in your car, I'm telling you, you're going to be a bobblehead. <laughs> you are going to be looking left, right, behind you, in front of you, and you're going to notice, kind of like buying a car. You thought you bought this really cool car that you didn't think a ton of people owned, and then you realize at the red light that there's seven more of them right there. 
Well, it's really the same thing in our industry. And that, again, that kind of speaks to the volume of things. So day one, you're still learning, right? So keep that notepad nearby. Shortly thereafter, I want you being inquisitive to the point where you're now on Google. You're you're asking friends and family like, you know, local churches, daycare centers, hotels, resorts. Start figuring out who has what and see what kind of relationships you can start building, right? So what I tell people is you need to kind of immerse yourself into that industry. You almost kind of take, you got to take on almost that presidential role of shaking hands, holding babies, introducing. And by the way, it will not be a difficult time. Because just like Subway popping up, a household name, we are that household name throughout the country. When you introduce Innovative, someone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, it's so great to have you, you know, as a local presence. But again, as that continues to morph, you know, you're now finding also opportunities. You're now relying on our team to help you develop and win those opportunities. And again, as this moves along in the process, you're eventually going to get more and more immersed into getting comfortable in self-performing all these jobs and tasks uh, and eventually weaning yourself away from what we're doing. So this is very much a a sales and marketing type role uh, at the beginning, really. I mean, to go out and evangelize about and meet with individuals about the products and solutions that Innovative provides. And then, of course, you're you're going to have the uh, administrative side, right? Once you start to get those leads in and preparing the bids and what have you. But really, you're looking for, well, let me ask you, uh, what does your ideal candidate look like? What skills and background do they possess? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they got to be a personable person. You know, yes, there's a lot of our situation that takes relationships out of it, you know, um, bid work is not relationship driven. It's still important to know that parks and recreation director, but again, anytime someone's essentially attaching things to taxpayer dollars and our bid opportunities, they're a little bit more cold and cut dry. Um, there's not so much that relationship side of things. Um, so what I tell people is, you know, I'm looking for somebody who is going to get excited about talking about pickleball courts every day. Someone who's going to be excited about where they can place or redo their next playground equipment in the area. So transforming a situation and, and and providing them safety surfacing. So I want somebody who's honestly just, you know, hungry to want to learn more, hungry to want to go and, and develop sales and really kill it. Um, you know, my the backgrounds of my partners right now are they vary. But there's a common denominator amongst them. And that's number one, we get along. Um, you know, it's very important to understand that, you know, we treat you like family. You know, we're a family-owned operated business. And so it's very important that you can kind of mesh well with what's going on with us. Um, and outside of that, you know, again, you, you got to be that hustler, you know. Um, I'm very proud to always kind of wear this shirt that I always tell people, you know, between don't, there's only two letters between the difference between hustle and humble. And uh, it's, you know, important for me to always kind of be a reminder of both of those things, because, um, you know, those are really kind of my philosophies. It's to kind of work hard, play hard, hustle, things like that. And and that's what I expect of my partners, you know, somebody who's going to hustle, but also somebody who's going to be, you know, humble as well. So, you know, listen, 
the misnomer is you've got to have, you know, have a general contractor background and, you know, hey, I've got to love to be on my hands and knees and get my hands dirty. None of which can be further from the truth. Listen, at the end of the day, if you want to get your hands dirty, awesome. Um, but, you know, a non-negotiable is, you know, putting a smile on your face, willing to go out there and, like you say, evangelize the 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 area region in which you're in and really kind of take on that presidential role. So, Chris, when when we met in Tampa, uh, you know, one of the things I walked away with was you shared a story with me about uh, one of your franchise owners that uh, redid or some resurfacing for a basketball court in an underprivileged area. Um, that you sharing that story just really put into perspective perspective the uh the community involvement the the feel good aspect that this business can bring i mean really at the end of the day you're you're making improvements to something and making people's lives brighter through that act oh, right? 100% i mean there is there's very much a very heartwarming aspect of what it is we do. I am very proud to also share that, you know, we continue to look for programs and grants um, that the government puts out there um, and utilize that. Um, I say as a sales pitch, but I say that tongue in cheek because we're able to pick up the phone, let's say of a Head Start program. I'm able to pick up the phone and call them, ask them about what their situation is with their playground. Now they may or may not have one. And typically in those scenarios, they don't have the funds um, budgeted for things like that. But when I explain to them that there's a program out there that actually will pay for it hundred percent. And Oh, by the way, we have the support structure internally to help you write that. I let them know that, this is a partnership that, yes, this is obviously something that we do, but nothing's going to put a smile on my face more than to know that we can do something for the greater good of the kids. And what I tell people is my ultimate litmus test with whether or not you can be a partner of mine or not is to send you out to a impoverished area that, again, regardless of, of where that playground sits, you go to that ribbon cutting yourself and you go to see the emotions that go on there live and in person. And if you yourself don't shed a tear, you're not a partner for me because there is nothing more heartwarming than the joy, the excitement and the real and rawness that goes on with these kids who have never had this sort of opportunity before. And so when, you know, listen, we all have bad days and different faces, you know, forms, you know, large, small, those are the kinds of things that I draw back on when I have a bad day. And remember that those are the heartwarming areas that I will never forget. These notes that they handwrite and color for you that we proudly display on our walls in our office. Again, as you walk down there, it just is a continual reminder as to why we all hustle 
and why we all stay humble and sort of, again, the greater good of what's going on out there in the community. So powerful. All right. So let's, uh, we, you had shared a little bit of insight into the total investment. So uh, between 150 to 550,000, we, you already explained that uh, the big swinger in that is the deferred investment for down the road. Um, what does, or what can you share with us from an ROI standpoint? So what I tell people is this, um, I don't wake up for less than 20%. Sometimes people think I'm joking when I say that, and I really not. I mean, listen, I tell people there is no elephant in the room with me. Profit's not a taboo word. In order for us to be able to continue to reinvest into our people, number one, infrastructure ideas, growth in other areas, we've got to be able to have that profitability. And so when we go and bid a opportunity, on average, we look at about a 20% return. Now, depending on the project, depending on a lot of different factors, yes, that profitability can jump all the way to 60%. Um, again, many factors that sort of fall into there. And so the, a couple key take, takeaways about that is, number one, somebody who, who puts their hard-earned money on the line. Again, I tell people all the time, I don't care if you're an oil tycoon, a billionaire, whatever. At the end of the day, the common denominator is you're putting your hard-earned money on the line, just like everybody else has who's decided to partner with us. And we're able to scale you very quickly, aka pay your investment back very quickly and get you to profitability. And it's not a secret that our average ticket is six figures. And that again, that profitability can be anywhere from 20 to 60%. So, um, you know, I tell people, you know, yes, outside your capital injection, you know, that first 18 and 24 months when we're really asking you to make that second capital injection, you're already profitable. It, it's a lot easier of a conversation to have with somebody, again, regardless of their financial wherewithal, to be able to say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you can see that I care about your next dollar as if it was mine. So typical or average job size can be in the six figures for this type Correct. of business. That is phenomenal. Uh, all right. Well, and we already mentioned your royalty is 6%. How many franchise partners do you have today? Yeah, so today I've got um, one for all of Texas. Um, I've got one over for the entire state of Ohio. I've got one for the entire state of New Jersey. Uh, and then again, my most recent is a individual who took a region in New York and specifically the Syracuse market. And okay, wow. So on a last note, how do you define your territories? So we define our territories by uh, a couple of different factors. First and foremost, population. Second of all, we look at our story history. Again, we've got that history to be able to tell. And so we look at kind of what that book of business looks like. We also are able to forecast very strong based on the leads that we've seen in the past and leads that we've seen moving forward. Um, we look at all those factors. And what we try and do is we try and back ourselves into where we kind of benchmark 
expectations for our partner. So for instance, you know, if you yourself were going to be a partner, I would tell you that you should be doing revenues of about a million dollars your first 12 months. You should be doing revenues of about $3 million a year too. Ultimately, these regions are really built to be $10 million plus. And so we're not looking to be a brand that is quote unquote looking to be on every corner. We strategically are looking to, to build them very large. If anyone were to, to look at our interactive map that we've built out for our uh, prospective partners, what you'll find is most states are two regions. Um, the only states right now that are more than two regions is California, which is three regions, and Florida, that's four regions. And our regional costs can be as low as 75000 uh, and they can go upwards to a half million. So my most expensive region is actually Miami, Florida. Um, and my cheapest is 75000 which is actually uh, for the entire state of Delaware. Wow. Interesting. It's a whole different world at innovative sports surfacing. <laughs> awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. This was, uh, I love the brand. I do. I, I know you guys are just started franchising in 2023. So it'll be an exciting year ahead to see the growth that takes place. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you spending time and out of your busy schedule to to want to have me on here to be able to kind of shout something that I'm very passionate about. So I appreciate that. Of course. For anybody listening that is interested in learning more about innovative sports surfacing, please feel free to reach out to me at Stacy at FusionFranchising.com. Thanks and have a great day. Mm -hmm.